This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. JT Miller, who is just always in trade rumors, even though he signed a seven-year extension before this past season, he was still in trade rumors leading up to the trade deadline. And... You know, he's averaged over a point per game over the last four seasons. Uh, Things did seem to go better once Rick Tockett took over as head coach in Vancouver. You didn't hear about quite as much dysfunction, but before that, Miller was kind of at the center of it. Like, there were, you know, we talked about Dubois and, like, questions about his effort at times. Like, there were pretty clear shifts where JT Miller just, like, did not give a shit and, like, was not engaged. And you don't love that. You don't love seeing that from anyone. Um, but when he's, when JT Miller is playing and trying, he is a damn good player. And, you know, another guy who's, he's not elite defensively. I don't, he's never going to win a Selkie, but I do think he can play defense. Like, like he's not Shifley. Um, and v- Vancouver is just, it's unbelievable. Do you know who has the least amount of cap space in the NHL right now? It is the Vancouver Canucks. Like, for a team that is that bad to have... They're technically over the cap right now. It's insane. I'm like, I cannot believe how badly that team has been mismanaged. Um, But they have to move money somewhere. And, you know, there's plenty of candidates. Brock Besser's name always comes up as well. Uh, Connor Garland. Like, you know, a bunch of guys. But certainly JT Miller's name, I think, you know, could pop up again just because it seems like he's never really happy there even after signing an extension um and you know he's played a lot of center and a lot of wing obviously the the bruins would be looking at him as more of a center um so yeah you know i don't i don't know if they can get him but he's a guy that they've the bruins have been linked to before have reportedly had interest in so if he's available i think like it makes sense that they would at least be checking in again. Um, you know, they've been interested in the past. Yeah. And so Jay, like one of the other interesting parts of this and, and Scott, you mentioned that the, the Canucks are kind of in a desperate situation. You could say because of the bad moves that they've made in the situation, they find themselves in with the cap. And the, the interesting thing was that extension. And now he has a no trade clause that, is going to kick in. What is it this July? Yeah. July 1st. Okay. So we're talking about as we're recording right now, like a few weeks from now. So less than a month from now, he has a no trade clause that will kick in and that will obviously tie Vancouver's hands in the teams that he's able to go to, or if he wants to leave at all. So um, yeah, that, that makes it more complicated for sure in terms of where they can send them and the package they can get. So if you're looking to really move that cap 
and he's the guy you're thinking, okay, well, he's, you know, he's probably reached his ceiling here. He doesn't really care, you know, or, or, you know, we're not, we don't feel we're getting the full effort. Maybe he's just not a fit here. Maybe he better be a better fit somewhere else. And we see this as an opportunity to kind of get right with the cap a little bit. You want us, you want to be able to get what you can. And that does make uh, it more urgent to get that deal done. If you're going to get it done this offseason, it makes more sense to get it done this month in June before July rolls around. For me, I just it they just seem like the the most uh, unfit trade partners for each other at this time, um, just because of the of, of each team having a very very similar problem and. And, and and I don't know if the Bruins want to you know you know put a ring on on uh on on Miller's finger for for the rest of his contract. I just don't think he's what they might need. They want. I mean, the Bruins, if they could find a the the best case scenario for them is finding a, a short and long term solution at the same time. And I feel like I I just feel like they would regret that Miller contract. I mean, it might help them in a couple the next couple of years and keep the owners happy and keep the Bruins competitive. But I just, for me, and, and like, this is a, a great article for, for, for Scott to write. And it's good to just keep, keep the brains, you know, thinking and stuff like that. But like the biggest thing for me is I just, the Bruins just don't seem like a great trade partner for a lot of teams right now. Like, I think, I think the Bruins, they have to trade one of Allmark or Swayman. I don't like whichever one gets you the most value. And I, I mean, you can make an argument for for either one, right? The argument for Allmark bringing you the most value is that he's gonna be gonna be coming off of a Vesna Trophy, and he's twenty nine years old, and that's peak value right there in the NHL. Jeremy Swayman's case would be youth, right? He's he's definitely and, shown. Him- and if you if you are you know good at evaluating goalies, you can see the potential right there. It's not like. Oh, yeah. It's not like you're like taking a risk with him, right? He seems like a, a kind of a sure thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so I just think that when you're the Bruins, like that's clearly they don't have a lot of ammunition in the in the trade package category. But what they do have is two number one goaltenders in the NHL, and if you hoard both of them, it's to me it's just irresponsible because. If you're trying to if you're trying to figure something out here, you got to be willing to to move on from one of them. And and I don't know. So so like when you take away the when you take away moving one of Swayman or Olmark, to me it's like if if they're off the table, I don't know what else. You, what's going to be a, a, a center of a, of a of a package like? So for for me, like a big caveat here for all these players, especially the non free agents, of course, would be can the Bruins swing a deal? And for me, it starts with. Uh, it starts with one of those two goals being a part of it because you don't have the draft picks to include unless you want to send me your 20, 30 first round pick. But um, yeah, you know. you're right. Though, like the Canucks, they're not really a one for one match because of both teams trying to clear money. So if you're the Bruins, it's like you would have to make another trade first, get picks, prospects, whatever they want, and then turn around and do it. You're probably not doing that by July 1st, but I, I don't think that doesn't, I don't think that means like Miller has to be dealt by then necessarily because if he doesn't want to be in Vancouver or they don't really want him or whatever, like from Vancouver's perspective, they would want to make the trade before then. Cause then every 
team is on the table. Theoretically, they can move him anywhere. But like you could still potentially work with him to find, you know, okay, can you give us a list of a few teams you would accept a trade to type thing? Um, so it's not impossible. Slowly. It's it's just unlikely because then if you're the Canucks, you're, you're really limited because now you can only talk to the teams that he wants you to talk to. Yeah, and that looking back on the just as another example of of a team that was in that situation, Buffalo with Taylor Hall did not get probably a return that they could have because Taylor Hall had a no move clause and was picking between I think maybe three or four teams. Um, and I think it was pretty much just one. He he really wanted to go to the Bruins. And that I was think about he really it. wanted to go to the Bruins. I think there were like offers. There were offers from other teams that were probably better, but his mind was made on the Bruins. And so what does Buffalo get? They get Anders Bjork. Um, and so uh, that's just an example of why Vancouver would want to expedite the process in terms of what they could get in return, though it doesn't mean that they can't move them after that point. Um, but is there anything else you guys want to say about JT Miller before we move to the final two guys on this list. Nah, I think, I think we covered Miller. Okay. Uh, Go ahead, Scott. Well, so we haven't touched on any free agents yet. And that's because there aren't a lot of top two centers who are free agents. Um, probably the most notable one is Ryan O'Reilly, who obviously Bruins fans know well, beat you in 2019, won the Conn trophy that year, had nine points in the Stanley Cup final. Um, you know, that was four years ago. He's older now. He's 32. He's not quite the same player, but he was still pretty good in Toronto after they traded for him this season. Uh, 11 points in 13 regular season games, nine points in 11 playoff games. You know, the Leafs don't end up going on a deep run, but he certainly seemed to bring what they were looking for. Now, he was playing basically a second-line role in Toronto. Um, I think he can still handle them. Like, if if your top two centers are him and Pavel Zaka, I think O'Reilly can still handle the minutes where it's like, yeah, he's probably not going to be like a true number one workhorse center who's going to look like he did in his prime at this point. But I definitely still think he can handle a top six role for sure. And it would just come down to what you're, what kind of deal he's looking for. Like, I don't know. Is he, is he open to something shorter term because he wants to go to a cup contender or is he looking to cash in on, on a longer term thing, you know, towards the end of his career? Does he want to go back to St. Louis? Because that was another thing that, you know, it, I think he even made like a comment along those lines at some point that he'd be open to a return to the blues. So maybe he already has his mind set on that. Um, but yeah, I think he's still a good player. And if the Bruins are looking for something shorter term, you know, get a guy for three years, say he makes sense. I, I personally, I don't think this is the direction the Bruins would go. Um, I think, you know, if they're, if they're adding a center from the outside, I think they're probably going to want it to be someone a little younger, but like, what, what do you guys think of the idea of potentially, targeting O'Reilly as a free agent. I I of this list so far, this is my least favorite. However, it, it's probably the most doable. And also it, it's 
pretty hard to argue that he doesn't fit the like the Bruins mentality. Like this is a guy that can do, you know, a little bit of everything. He's a tough guy. We've seen what he was like in the Stanley Cup final in 2019. Um, he has the championship mentality. He has kind of that Kachuk style mentality where, um, you know, he's willing to do anything to help his team. And he just has that kind of killer instinct. So in that way, personality wise, he, you could argue would be a, a decent fit for the Bruins. 32 is not that old um, to add him right now. However, um, there's obviously the backstory of that, you know, the bitter taste in people's mouths still here in Boston of him lifting the cup on your home ice and, you know, having him be such a pain in that series. Now, obviously Bertuzzi was somebody that was a pain uh, to the Bruins side when he was with Detroit and everybody liked him when he came over. Maybe that's the same situation with O'Reilly. Um, him being a free agent makes it, you know, makes the decision uh, just about his contract. Not necess- You don't necessarily need to worry about all those extra things. Um, you still might, you know, you're still making other moves um, in the offseason, but this would be one where it's not complicated. Um, you could add him for hopefully a fair deal. So those are the pros, though. Maybe this is just because the other guys we've talked about are kind of shiny objects. It doesn't uh, allure me as much as the others just for that reason. Well, as it pertains to him skating around the garden ice with the cup, I guess all the Bruins fans would need to know is that he knows how to win. Um, And you know what? Yeah, it's it's not a visual people love to remember, but – well, Bruins should have done something about it then. <laughs> uh, it's 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 it speaks to the player. He was a he was a massive reason why that team won a Stanley Cup. Massive. He was their number one center. He outplayed Bergeron when it mattered most. Um, and uh, this is not me bashing Bergeron. Like objectively, he outplayed Bergeron in that series and uh, and in that game seven. Um, now, yeah, like you don't you don't have to trade for him. He's a free agent. Um, as it is with all free agents, the question is, does he want to go there? Does he want to go to Boston? Um, and I'm not sure. I'd be surprised if Boston's where he would choose to go. I just don't think that they can offer him the most money. And, uh, but yeah, I think he's a good, he, if, 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 if it were a fair deal, as you mentioned, Bridget, and it makes, you know, it, it makes sense term wise, value wise, go for it. I, I do think he, I don't know if it's the it's if it's the Viking beard that makes him seem like he's a lot older than he is. Um, when you say he's 32, it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, he's that that's that's young. That is not that is not a you know. He's I arguably believe Charlie Coyle is 31. Might be yeah. 32. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when the Bruins went to the finals a couple of years ago, right? Bergeron was what thirty six or thirty five at that time, right? I mean, I mean, O'Reilly's thirty two is not is even in the NHL in a young man's league, it's not. That's that's totally still like you know back half prime. So, yeah, um, I like O'Reilly obviously, and and if it makes sense for for uh, for both sides, then I would be for that for sure. It's and it's definitely more of a known commodity, I think. You mentioned the shiny toys, Bridget, being Dubois, um, Lindholm, Shifley, maybe even, but I don't know if you're even referring to him. But like at least with O'Reilly, you definitely kind of 
you know you're getting that 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 two way um, prideful play that you mentioned. Uh, he plays with his heart on the sleeve and does what it takes, and and um, and you would never have to question his effort or his heart or leadership. And you can't say the same about some of the other guys that we mentioned. Obviously, Lindholm, we kind of like Lindholm, but um, he's O'Reilly's intangibles are a certainty. And and of course, he's still at an age where he can he can produce, especially with good players around him. So, um, unlike the last player we're going to mention, is a complete well, unknown. But just, but before we get to him, one last thing on O'Reilly. So, evolving hockey projects his deal to be three years, five and a half million a year, which. Seems very fair to me, honestly. Like that's that's a deal I would be okay with signing Ryan O'Reilly to. The thing is, is that's like the same AAV we've talked about with Tyler Bertuzzi, and we've talked about what you have to do to free up money to keep Bertuzzi. You know, likely trading away at least one of Hall or Ulmark, and you know all that. So now, if you're either you're just straight up substituting O'Reilly in for Bertuzzi and letting Bertuzzi go. Or you're, you know, trading the other big guy, whether it's Hall or Elmark, and now you're trading both of them to like free up enough money. So a lot of complications to, you know, even sign O'Reilly to that, which again, like, is a fair deal. But uh, it's going to be really tough for the Bruins to, if there's like any sort of bidding war, like they can't, they just don't have the cap space to compete and to to get into that. So. Um, you know, yeah, like they could find a way to make it happen, but it could mean not re-signing Bertuzzi. So I don't know if that's something like people would be okay with. If Berger and Krejci both retire, center's clearly a bigger need, but Bertuzzi's also younger and, you know, I don't know. Like, would people be okay with that trade-off? As we get through the logistics of all of these, though, did you notice that it – would so help your team like this just goes to the point we were making last podcast for all of the reasons we've explained at as each of these players come up as to why it would be difficult for them to add them your biggest like the biggest uh problem solver is Bergeron coming back like it's it should become be more clear if we weren't clear last time why you know all of these details uh maybe this lays it out a little bit easier for everyone to see why bergeron is the best solution before we go into what we're talking about here yeah exactly and and you know as you're saying that it's if you're management it's another reason why the bruins losing in round one the way they lost is so frustrating because the players aren't dumb. They very, very well know and knew what gamble management took for them to go all in this past season. The Bruins know, the Bruins players knew that they'd be carrying $4.5 million of, of bonus overage into next season because of Bergeron and Krejci and, 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 and of course, one of those guys to be a part of that team last year. And while picking the Bruins against the field to win the cup, of course, is like, you know, you can realistically say like they hope that they would win the cup, but if the, at least if they went on a deep run, you could justify like, man, like to, to go out in the first round and have to, and, and to have to deal with these, these bonus overages next year. And it's just, it's just, 
it's kind of a slap in the face to, to management, like really, because like they, they stuck their neck up for these guys to give them the best chance they could, knowing that it would hinder them next year against the cap. And and the players knew that. And that's it's just like in addition to like just everything, it's what makes the, the way they bowed out this past season so frustrating. Um, but it's the reality of the situation. And Bridget, you mentioned it. Yeah. Bergeron coming back. And 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 look, I think I think Krejci is definitely a wild card more so than I mean. I borderline think Krejci's like already done. Like I don't, I would be blown away if he came back. Um, I think Bergeron still wants to keep going. And I also think he like, one thing that like you won't hear from, from Boston media is like Bergeron very much like wants to help management post his transition. I like, I really think that like he, recognizes the situation that they're in. And I think he's, I don't buying time might be the wrong term. Cause I think he still wants to play, but like, I think he's good. I, I think he's going to yet again, be a team player here and, and, and come back next year and help them for one more year. And just try to figure out who's going to be after him. I'd be surprised if he left them with coil and, and Zaka. And, and that's not to say Bergeron like owes them anything. I'm just saying like, I just think he's going to do that for them again. So I, I do think he'd be the guy to come back. Even if not for management, for his teammates that he, you know, obviously has really close relationships with these guys in particular, Brad Marchand over the years who he's been with for a long time. So. And Marchand threatening to retire if Bergeron retires. I don't, I don't know if people saw this, but uh, Marchand was at, at an event with a uh, friend of the pod, Andrew Raycroft, Sunday skate co-host. Um Razor was like moderating it and asking Marshan questions. And Marshan at one point said, like, if, if Bergeron retires, I retire. And he's joked about that in the past. So I'm assuming he's joking again. But it, it, it's like, all right, stop saying that, Brad. <laughs> like, you know, don't you don't want to hear that joke too many times because then you decide to go, like, could he actually be serious about that? I don't think yeah, he is. But I've had people ask me this week, like, was that just offhanded as a joke or was it, was there more to that? I think it was joke, but yeah. you know, he was a funny guy, that guy. What is he? What is he? A clown? He's there to amuse you. <laughs> yeah, he um, is. Like a funny how, funny how, <laughs> no, 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 Henry, he's a big boy. what do you say? Um, yeah, I think it was totally in jest. I think he's a uh, Marshan's not going anywhere. I mean, certainly not out of the league for sure. He's uh he's what? 35, 30, 30, 34, 35. Yeah. No, he's he's not retiring. He was just kidding. Um, you know, obviously there was a question about on this podcast, like if Bergeron retires, do you sell try to sell high on the guy? Um, but we already answered that question last week, and, and we're not going to go down that, that hole again. But as far as him retiring, go, ahead, go back and watch it or listen to it. Mm-hmm. It's available right here, right here, right here. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so there was one other play. Do we want to touch on the last play? Just. To, cover every, all the all the tracks i know bridget were um just over an hour at this point but we might as well talk about the last player it's it is yeah, a let's fun go. One. let's go for yeah it. shane wright with the seattle kraken the number four overall pick last summer so this i'll preface this by saying i don't think there's any chance this happens but i really like this idea it was from steve conroy of the boston heralds i actually read about this a couple of weeks ago but um you know we ha- we haven't really touched on it yet uh it's a creative idea. This is the, you know, this is the season for creativity. 
Um, basically, he built a trade. You know, his idea is like to build it around Jeremy Swayman going the other way, which makes some sense because the Kraken half Philip Grubauer signed, but other than like a good round this postseason, Grubauer has been really uh, has really underperformed out there. So you could see why they would maybe want a young goalie. Um, and Shane Wright had kind of a weird year where he started in the NHL, but wasn't playing every game. Like he was a healthy scratch a bunch, then went to the AHL and back to the OHL and then finished in the AHL playoffs and points wise, like didn't put up the numbers you would expect, but he also was bouncing around so much that it was just, it was a really weird approach from the Kraken. I don't think they they really needed to like pick a plan from the start of the year and let him go wherever he was going to go. And I don't think all the bouncing around helped him. But not saying... Look, obviously, like if they made this trade, it's not that they're giving up on him. But if if you still believe like he's a number one center of the future, then there's no way the Kraken even think about trading him. I think they would have to be absolutely blown away because if I'm them, I'm still looking at saying like, okay, Maddie Beniers is the rookie of the year this year in the NHL. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to win that in, in, you know, a week or two, whenever that gets announced. And they're still looking at saying we can line up Beniers and Shane Wright as our top two centers for a decade plus. And that should be very exciting. If you're the Seattle Kraken, uh, I think, from all the prospects experts that you read, like everyone still considers Shane Wright a very high-end prospect, even after a weird season. Um, and those players are just, they're harder to find. They're harder to find than goalies or pretty much any other position. So I can't see the Kraken seriously entertaining a trade. I can't see the Bruins blowing them away because in my mind, it would probably have to be Swayman plus more. But it's a really fun one to think about and, you know, a good, good conversation starter from, from Steve Conroy. Yeah. Well, and Shane Wright was supposed to go first overall. Was he not? Yeah. Like he was projected to go first overall. He fell and, you know, maybe that was poor drafting by the teams ahead of him. You know, Montreal had the first pick. They decided not to take him, even though he was considered the top prospect in that draft. So it kind of makes me wonder, was there something that people were figuring out at the end there that, um, you know, had him drop, not even, he didn't even just drop the two, he dropped the four. So um, to a chance to get a franchise center, you'd think you you might want to jump on him as a prospect. And, but to your point about why they, why they wouldn't want to get rid of him, how often do you get the chance to pick a center that high? Like the Bruins, they would love a center that came, you know, one of the top centers, the top center in his draft, according to the projections um, right before the draft. So he's a guy that you'd kind of be stupid to, to pass up on talking about Seattle. Like you'd be stupid to punt on him just because of what happened last season. Um, I'm sure they were probably thrilled that he fell to them there. And you, you got more than you probably even expected out of that draft of the issues with Seattle. He could, he could be a, a long-term solution for them unless they've seen like something crazy out of him, but still too early to tell. So if you think you know what you have, you're not, you're not dealing him. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Canadians passed on Shane Wright because they have the number one center of the future and current day in Nick Suzuki. And I think that they just you don't want get... another one. You don't want another good center. Well, and no, I guess not. I guess they wanted to get a uh, a future twenty goal left winger instead because I don't think Slavkovsky is going to be anything more than. And and I'm not. I could be totally wrong here. I mean, maybe he's a fifty goal scorer in the future. Yeah. I just I, I I personally I see him being like a fifteen to twenty five goal guy in his in his in his prime. I just don't I don't see the I don't see the skating chops that he that's required to to score at the rate that Montreal thinks he might. But I could be wrong. Um, as far as I'd have to look go back at the the couple teams after Montreal before Seattle, but regardless, it, um, it looks like a really good draft after that. Like New Jersey took Simone Nemich, defenseman who looks like a really good player, and then Arizona went Logan Cooley, who if you redid the draft might go number one overall now. Yeah, um, you know, taking Cooley over right, I don't, I don't think that's a mistake. Like uh, that could definitely work out. Well, in New Jersey, in New Jersey, has Heisher and and Jack Hughes up the right. middle. So, um, but look, ultimately, I just echo what you guys said. I think that goaltending, while it's the most most important position on the ice, right? Um, ironically, it's the most replaceable, in my opinion. I mean, look at look at Vegas. Like like like, does anybody like like honestly, does anybody know out there what Hill's first name is? Is it is it, what's his first name? Aiden. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. No, and and, and he, he's, he's it's the, Greg. It's Greg Hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, uh, he's like their fifth goalie this year in that. Like, it's just, you just, it's the most important position, but you can, you can find goalies. You can't find like number one and number two centers as, as easily. It's just not out there. And I think, and to your guys' point, like, yeah, Seattle would be really dumb to, 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 to gamble that away. And, um, Anyway, so uh, I I guess if you're asking if I would do it, I would do it in a heartbeat. I've already been on record saying like the Bruins should move one of all Marcus Swayman, and I would absolutely like, especially with with like, and and if it wasn't number first of all, I like Bussy like down in Providence. I think or is it Bussy or Bussy? Bussy. 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 Like I, I like I think he's promising, but guess what? If it's not him, some other goaltender will come up the ranks and and or be a free agent or like somebody will come around. I mean, the Bruins won the was Stanley Cup with who? Tim Thomas. When was he drafted? Oh, that's right. When was his first game with the Bruins? When he was like 30? And then like he came back six years later? Like, so my point is like, don't worry about getting the next Vasilevsky or Marty Brodeur or Patrick Waugh. Because you know what? Like, those guys are few and far between. And, and and most of the times, the team that wins the cup doesn't have one of those guys. But they always have a number one and number two center. Well, both a number one and number two center. And I just think that I would take that gamble on Shane Wright for Swayman Plus. But – um would Seattle probably not? So no. Basically, what we just did was explain why Seattle would be stupid to do it, which should tell you that that would be smart for the Bruins to try it. So yeah, it, and to go to the Jones and like back to the Jones and Mego um, conversation that we referenced last week. Part of it was them wanting to have that turnover. Um, you know, they wanted to get rid of Bergeron, have that turnover. Well this is a fresh face. Like this is as far as you could get in terms of turnover for a number one center. This guy is coming in. This is a, a moldable guy that's still developing. So this is pretty much what they would be looking for. Not saying the Bruins could pull it off, but I think this would be what they were envisioning this kind of a, a, a player to add. Yeah. It would also be really fun. Like 
talk about it, maybe injecting some life into Bruins Canadians rivalry again. Like if the Bruins had the guy that the Canadians passed on and uh, they, I think like, like Shane Wright on draft night kind of stared down the Montreal table a little bit when they passed on him. So like, that'd be fun. You'd be able to compare them. If right ends up being a lot better than Slavkovsky, like you rub that in Montreal's face every day. But again, a highly, highly doubt that Shane Wright's getting traded anywhere, much less to Boston. Alrighty. Well, Bridget Scott, any final thoughts? I think we've covered a, a, a really good topic today and, and which would be the, addressing the future at center potentially if Bergeron were to, were to walk. I think the um, ironically, I feel like the, the option that they would probably exercise is one that none of us talked about today, which would be they'll probably just run it with coil and Zaka. That's what I've been saying is like probably the most likely option because yeah, like they're gonna have to pay an arm and a leg to make any of any of these happen. So um, yeah, it's definitely worth looking at, you know, what are their options out there? Because Don Sweeney would be foolish not to be poking around and exploring all of these if they're on the table, but you know, to explore it and then to actually pull it off and have the pieces to pull, you know, to make one of these trades, like it's, they're fighting an uphill battle because they don't have the cap space. They don't have the picks and they don't have the prospects. And like that makes acquiring a number one or a number two center really difficult. Go bees. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Is that, that finish it out for today, guys. I think so. I think yeah. so. Sign us yeah. up, right? What's that? Let's sign yeah. us up, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, time, time to hit the road, Jack. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We will talk to you very soon.